We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now Logano the outside. They can't get rid of it. Kozlowski gets turned by William Byron. Blaney gets caught up. Gilliland, Truex, Hamlin, and more. That way. You, just, you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. I mean, it's a parking lot down there. The big wreck at Daytona yesterday. I turned the race on for a few minutes. My kids are cars obsessed. We're in a cars phase, which is really fun. And I am addicted to Facebook Marketplace and constantly buying new cars. Sal, I've got, we've got so many of the cars and some that are harder to get than others. And when I turned the Daytona 500 on, I thought, like, oh, my kids, they're going to like this race because they like watching, they like watching, you know, the cars races. And my daughter said, I can't see their eyes about the cars. Like, oh, yeah, they, you know, they don't have eyes, honey. They're just cars actually driving around the track. Anyway, it was a good, it was a good idea. Maybe see if they like Daytona. We did not see the big wreck, though. Although if we had seen the big wreck, my son would have expected one of the cars to jump over all the others like Lightning McQueen does. I know. Cars is an older movie, and I'm making all these references to Cars, which was out in... Cars was my childhood. It's right, right. That, that, was, that was my go-to Disney movie. Yeah. It was the best thing in cinema Let me tell in you, 2006. I say this to my wife all the time. It is a great movie. It is a great movie. I actually really like it. So when they want to watch it every once in a while, every day, uh, you know, I don't always push back. Good morning. Jeremy and Sal with you here on uh, WGR Daytona yesterday. Free agency in the NFL is still a little ways off, but the franchise tag window opens today. So here comes speculation on who will and won't get tagged. And we've seen some social media from Gabe Davis on what looks like a goodbye to Buffalo. You know, it's not like he hits the market today, but... He may have been informed he's not getting the franchise tag. Not that that was maybe ever really in consideration. But here we go. We're, we're, we're looking to the future for the Bills and likely Davis going somewhere else. The list of Bills free agents there really isn't any franchise tag canon. We went through it. They haven't franchise tagged the guy since 2016. That was Cordy Glenn. And they only used that to get a contract done. The time before that would have been Jarris Bird, Nate Clements, John Fina, and Peerless Price. Those are the five in franchise history. So, Sal, we've got a, a Twitter poll up, our wide receiver idea of the day, which was sent in mm-hmm. to me by a couple different listeners, and I've posted the I posted a poll. And you know how it works. You 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 do this. You post something online and people want to yell at you for simply saying, like, here, let's see where everybody stands on this question, right? Like, trade everything for Marvin Harrison Jr. I've got a lot of people calling me names. Because they think it's such a bad idea. I also think the Bills should not trade everything for Marvin Harrison Jr., third pick in the draft. But nearly 40% of Bills fans would. And I think that's a big number. Trades like this are fun. There's no doubt about that, right? The the last, or the I guess a, a little bit of a parallel will be the Sammy Watkins trade, where the Bills are ninth and they move to fourth 
to get their pick at wide receiver. And that trade was received with some criticism, but also excitement because, you know, it works out like you get excited when you get a receiver like that. If the Bills were to trade for Marvin Harrison Jr., I would have to come on the next day and say how I think it's a bad move while I was logged into the NFL shop buying a jersey. You know, like, this is a fun move, but I don't think they would they, that they should do this move. Yet here's 40% of Bills fans saying, yes, I would do that, and I think it kind of drives home how many people are ready for this offense to get a massive boost for the next phase of Josh Allen's career. Yeah, and again, the different kinds of stages you go through when you're a team like the Bills that have this window because of your franchise quarterback. And, you know, again, referring back to my conversation last week with Evan Lazar of, you know, the Patriots, and he he broke it down really well where, you know, you had that first group of Patriots teams that, you know, Brady was, he wins three in four years, but, you know, the guys he's thrown to Rache Caldwell and, you know, there's different guys that didn't, and then, of course, Gronk and Hernandez come along, right, and there were the, the tight ends and, then they kind of transition. It was a lot of defense. And then they go to that really juggernaut offense with, you know, Randy Moss and outscored everybody and just blown teams away and, you know, going undefeated. They actually lose the Super Bowl. They didn't win a Super Bowl for 10 years. It was kind of interesting, right, Jeremy, when they go through that kind of model of just outscoring everybody and they didn't win a Super Bowl for 10 years, although they went to a couple of them. And they kind of ebbed back the other way and um, started doing a little bit different again. And, you know, defense came back around. We're at different different ways they did it. And I keep thinking about the bills for this, which is what's the next stage of how they want to build their team. Because last year they didn't have that explosiveness they had through the first few years of this Josh Allen window. They didn't just go and score a ton of points and 30 points a game. Yeah, they were still highly ranked as far as scoring. It wasn't a consistent basis last year. I think you need to get back to that a little bit. That's what they've been missing. And the question is, do you do that by, going out and getting guys, young guys in the draft you can hold on to for a few years because if you hit, if you go out and get a couple guys this year, draft two of them, and you hit on them, boy, we are rolling for the next few years, right? I mean, like, can you imagine having two rookie contracts, wide receivers who hit pretty immediately? I think that would be the perfect scenario. Yep. It is just very, very hard to project that that's going to happen at that position in this window because those guys have to come in and play right away. There, there's a point here about you know you're you're coming in and playing with Josh Allen, so you have a leg up, right? Any if you're a receiver drafted to the Bills, one would think that the I've used the, the term ecosystem a few times this morning, but the, the the ecosystem for a rookie receiver would be very nice, a great place to go. And whether you're learning from Diggs or not having so much pressure on you because you've got Diggs and Kincaid and James Cook in the offense, I, and Josh Allen for that matter, of course. Like you, no one's going to be thinking you need to save everybody's bacon here. So I feel like there's a there's a good environment for a rookie receiver. Whereas if that receiver goes to New England. It's different. New England doesn't have a lot of weapons. New England doesn't have a quarterback who even knows who their starting quarterback is going to be. So with that said, like, you know, you wonder about busts. And if a guy that has busted in the past, if he got a different opportunity, if it would have gone any better for him. And I, that, that's one of the things I feel about with this, with this Bills group is it'll be hard. Famous last words, right? So I know what you're going to tell me. Famous last words. I feel like it would be hard for the Bills to miss on receiver here. Because if you get a guy who's talented and you plug him in with this offense, I think he'll be fine. And this is a this is not to take anything away from Gabe Davis, but a lot of people that are seeing Davis post on Instagram today all his stats, there are a lot of people that are saying, like, yeah, that's what the number two receiver in this offense can do with 
a stud quarterback and a stud number one on the other side of the field. It's such a favorable environment that you should have those kind of numbers. Yeah, right. That That's right. And they haven't tried it, right? I mean, the last uh, Gabe has been their highest drafted wide receiver in the Brandon Bean era. They drafted Zay Jones in the second round. Bean wasn't here for that draft. That was 2017. <coughs> that was McDermott only, um, you know, in, in old old regime before uh, they, they got rid of Doug Whaley. So they haven't tried it. I don't know for sure. Like, I, I, I guess my hang-up sometimes, Jeremy, is this thought. You say that it's hard not to. And I agree with that. I, I, I do think that's right. And it's not like you're just throwing darts at the wall. You're going to evaluate the guy. Yes. Right? You're going to be like, well, I mean, you're going to have a conviction, and this is the guy. He's going to fit for us. There's no doubt about that. I agree with that. But, man, like, you also have – it is not like you're walking into the Carolina Panthers and they're resetting the organization and you can have time. Like, we talk about, you know, putting guys and trusting guys. And for right or wrong, we know how the organization treats younger players sometimes with the far as trust. I'll always point out they play younger players more than people think they do. But there is a trust factor that McDermott talks about a lot, which is true. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to walk into a Josh Allen offense in a Super Bowl window – that learning curve can't take long if you're drafting him in the first or second round. It just can't. And that's what scares me. If you're going to do it, he better hit right away. Because if you're wrong, even the littlest, yeah. then we're having same conversations next year. Right. Throwing away prime years of Allen. I guess that's where a spot where, do you think it'd be possible for them to trade for one? What if they don't want to wait? Let, let's talk about the Ayuk idea. Right. Ayuk, like they did with Stefan Diggs, by the way. Exactly. And I'm very, very high in Brandon Ayuk. I, I think he's a tremendous receiver, a true number one. Matt Harmon, who runs a website, Reception Perception, he's on with the afternoon show today at 4 o'clock, and he's very high on Ayuk. As he- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Should be. Like, Ayuk is a guy that led the league in yards per target this year. He only got 100 targets. A, a, a good example of someone that did that once before and run heavy offense was Stefan Diggs. Like, Diggs was number one or two in the NFL, in yards per target, and then came to a team that targeted him more and started getting, you know, 1,500 yards in a season. Here's Ayuk in a run-heavy offense getting 1,300 yards. I don't know that the Bills would want to do it because they can just go out and get a receiver that's cheap. And and if you miss, then it's a, a cheap miss. Ayuk, you could – I saw Greg Thompson, cover one. He laid out just a contract, very basic, five years, $120 million, and you can keep the cap hit low. Would the Bills do that? Would they consider doing the Diggs thing again? It did work. I wonder if Bean would think, yeah, I could draft a rookie receiver or I could get myself a ready-made product and never have to wait and never have to wonder because that's what made the Diggs deal so good, Sal. They basically, the price they paid was development, trust, and just getting a guy that is a pro day one when he showed up. And Diggs... Since he showed up, Diggs and Allen have had more yards and catches and touchdowns than like any pair in the NFL. So you've had a success story in that department. I wonder if Bean would be open to it again. Maybe that's not Ayuk. Maybe that's somebody else, like a, a second-round receiver. But, you know, guys might be available out there. Yeah, I mean, there are 
again, there are going to be guys that come in that they're going to take flyers on. KJ Hamler's one of them. I brought him up earlier. Andy Isabella is still on this team. Like these are not guys that are big names. They don't move the needle necessarily for people, but they're going to try and figure out ways to get cheaper guys who might be able to hit and say, okay, we got them. It's what they did with Hardy last year. It's what they did with um, Sherfield last year, which by the way, Trent Sherfield is going to be a free agent. I actually think that they could get him back for a vet minimum deal. Like, okay, you want to run that back. Justin Shorter was on IR all last year. But these guys are the same kinds of guys that they've really kind of been bringing in over the last several years. What we're talking about here, your wide receiver idea of the day, what we talk about when it comes to the draft is taking a big swing. It hasn't happened. And you want to trade for one? That's fine. Like, I'm not opposed to it, Jeremy, but you got the contract comes with it. By the way, IUK is scheduled for, what, $14 million next year in base salary? Yes. And then you talk about the contract, you'd have to rework it because he's got his, his option there. I think, isn't that next year's his fifth-year option they picked up, right? Is that what that is, I think? That's right. $14 million, I think, for that? Okay, so you get the contract that comes with it. You could always massage around that. But what's the asset you're also giving up? Like, you have to, you're probably giving up your first-round pick for Brandon Ayuk. And if you're fine with that, that's cool. It's what they did for Stefan Digg, right time. I would say, though, is that better than drafting someone who, as you said, you think they can hit? That's a rookie contract. Look right at the Diggs-Jefferson situation. Now, I am not at all regretting. There was the right call for the Bills at the time to trade for Stefan Diggs and give up a first-round pick. The flip side of that is, the Minnesota Vikings got Justin Jefferson on a rookie deal for four years. The other flip side is, because I, I, you you know, I hear this question a lot. Would the Bills have, why would we think the Bills would have taken him, right? There's that, like, that's that as a given is one thing. I mean, the Bills have not necessarily shown a willingness to take receivers high, so I don't really have much faith they would have taken Jefferson in that spot. But if they had, you know, they'd have saved money and, Maybe wouldn't be in this cap crunch right now. Maybe they would because Jefferson's about to get what, like thirty million a year. He's gonna be a big money too. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Yeah. One eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Let me ask a question: Would you be interested in, in T Higgins if 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 you could do something like that? Like, I guess he's gonna make a lot of money. I know that, but I mean, a player like that. Um, if you found a way to keep the cap hit low, like, I mean, there, there might be a couple guys out there. Maybe we get surprised by someone that they actually go after in free agency. Yeah. I mean, I would love Higgins. I would have drafted T. Higgins when the Bills – is that the year? Is that the Diggs year? He was the first pick of the second round. So I think that might be the Diggs, right. that might be the Diggs year. So they didn't actually ever get a look at Higgins. But I would have drafted him, liked him out of Clemson. Um, on this Bills team, I mean, he's your new number one, right? Going forward, that's the idea, is that Diggs is here until he's not, and then Higgins is young enough to take over. I just think he's a prime candidate. As we talk about franchise tag candidates today – Higgins is the most likely franchise tag player, I think, because the Bengals do have cap space. It's not a long-term commitment, and they have a team that they didn't even really get to see their their triplets together this year because of the injuries to Burrow. But one thing about Higgins that's been nice for them is that when Chase has been hurt, Higgins has picked it up and been the number one. Like it's not it's not the kind of situation where oh it's a clear number one and number two. I mean, maybe it is because Chase is so good. But when when right. Chase has been out, Higgins has been able to be a number one and would be a serviceable number one on a lot of teams. So some of your candidates for I just think, though, that organization, I mean, I know that they're, they've paid Burrow, but 
they are traditionally known for not being the most you know, heavy spending organization. There was talk last year from the owner talking about, well, you can't pay everybody. I don't know if they're going to, they may franchise tag him. You know what they might do? Franchise and trade him even. I don't know if they're going to put, give him that kind of contract. They have to pay Jamar Chase too. Yep. 803-0550, Ken and Amherst will connect with our fans. Hey, Ken, what's up? Hi. Um, I think you should uh, at least stay at where you are and get one of the receivers. If not, maybe even trade back and get more because of you got so many holes on your D. There is supposedly like 20 first round, I mean 20 top 100 receivers in this draft. You could get probably two in your first two picks. Yeah, I don't disagree, Ken. I, how many holes do they have, Sal, on defense? <laughs> so Ken Ken brings up a good point. Somebody asked me this yesterday. What we were doing that uh, we were doing the February fixed fantasy draft. I think someone asked me this. I'm not sure, but it came from I can't remember who it was. I, I give credit. They said, "Here's a good question for you, Sal. Would you rather the Bills stay where they are and draft a receiver in the first round, or stay where they are, go somewhere else in the first round and draft a receiver in the second and third?" Yeah. It's a good question. What would you rather do? It's it depends. It depends. The the the, the issue I get to is <laughs> if you draft defense in the first round, which of course the Bills could do that. There's they have holes on that side of the ball. No disputing that. You would then get to be in such a desperate spot to draft one in the second round that I would be nervous. You are late in the second round. And I know that it's a deep class, but in between the Bills' first-round pick and second-round pick, it's possible that eight receivers go in there. And then you're talking about, well, if I wait till the end of the second and draft my guy, if he falls, that's great. But I think it might even be more likely that you have to spend assets to move up to get back into a spot where you can take one. I think the run in the the first round could have as many as six or seven, and the second round I think will be enough. There'll be a separate run that'll be big on that position, but. How many holes do they have on defense? Two at safety? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we think. Because, okay. Well, Mike, uh, Jordan Poyer's under contract, though. Right. I mean, it has not a beneficial that they have a hole there. That's right, but we think they might move on. Okay, let's say not Poyer. Yeah, One. I would say right now you need two new safeties, I think. I think okay. that's the way it's trending, but you, we don't know about Poyer yet. So two's... I want to be respectful of the fact that he's under contract. Sure. If you're, going, you're rolling out the bill starting defense for, for week one. I've got two safeties and two defensive linemen. Is that four open yes. jo- open jobs? Is Am I missing yeah, anybody? Yeah, one interior guy next to Ed Oliver, but the way they rotate, I would say you're going to need two. But one definitely needs to be like a, a one, a, a starting caliber guy. Yep, and then one another defensive end, which could be yep. Epinesa. That's four starting jobs on the defense that are available. And on the offense, we would say there's probably one. It's Gabe Davis. Yeah, what's funny is I was thinking about this earlier, and you look at the Bills' con- contracts and who's going to be a pending free agent, who's coming back. That's right, Jeremy. The Bills have one, one starting offensive player who they might lose in free agency. Now, they could make a decision somewhere else, but everybody else is returning. And that one starting player is Gabe Davis, who isn't wide receiver one. He's wide receiver two, but he is a starter. He's the only one. That's a pending free agent. That's what gets me more optimistic even about next year, thinking about they are losing nothing on offense. I mean, obviously Gabe Davis is not going to not disrespecting that, but they're losing none of their main core 
um, starting players on offense other than maybe Gabe Davis. 8030550. Thanks, Ken, for the phone call. If you want to jump in with us, you can. We've got time here. Jeremy and Sal, the Northtown Automotive Extra Point show coming up with uh, Josh and Zach to follow us at the top of the hour. You want to chime in about receivers or maybe get back into the uh, quarterback conversation, Sal, because what the Bills do at backup is a good conversation and kind of fits into all of this potential how to work the cap and how to spend their assets. Quarterback's a big decision. I want to pick your brain on that and a name I heard you mention yesterday with uh, the afternoon guys, I think. 803-0550, Jeremy, Jeremy and Joe. Joe's out today. Sal's in here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.